0: Santonio Hill is originally from Maryland but now lives in Philadelphia where he works for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia in their office of Urban Ministry. He always had big dreams of playing in the NFL. But God also had dreams for his life and gave him an option to choose which path to take with no strings attached. And that's the story you'll hear today as we speak with Santonio. I came away ready to just run out into the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Santonio was just such a fun person to talk to and so inspiring just to be encouraged to go deeper into my own faith and deeper into the mystery of God and the relationship that we all can have with the Lord. We are proud to present to you today Echoes in Hope with Santonio Hill. originally Southern Maryland, been a cradle Catholic my whole life. I remember going to CCD, I'm a public school kid. And I remember like making my confirmation. And I was really excited. Like it was a big moment. I had my confirmation sponsor and everything. And I remember my CCD teacher saying, okay guys, now you guys are adults in the church. And I said, oh wow. I thought I had to wait to be 18 to be an adult in this Catholic world I'm already an adult at the age of like 13 like that's crazy and so i go home and I'm start telling my mom mom we need to do the dishes you need to get up on that the room isn't swept we need to sweep the room we need a vacuum there's so many things we need to do did you pay the bills yet let me see the bills I'm acting like I'm the adult like I'm running things and she said look I don't know what confirmation has done to you but you need to take all that energy and put it back into the church and so I go to church I go to church and I'm talking To somebody, I don't know who I'm talking to, somebody who's an adult there and seems like they're really in charge. And I said, Hey, I got these ideas. I just made my confirmation. I'm an adult now. They just kind of like give me a pat on the head, like pet me like a dog. And like, they're there. You're not quite grown enough yet. And I said, Oh, oh, all right. For whatever reason, that just, like, really deterred me from wanting to, like, pursue the faith a whole lot more. And it's funny. I ended up leaving that church, (laughs) like, right after that. And that church, it was a white Catholic church for the most part. My mom, my grandma, my sister, myself, we all uprooted from there. And we went to another church that's maybe 25, maybe 30 minutes down the road. That's all black churches, gospel choir. They got a dude on a keyboard, drums, bongos, saxophone. It's incredible. And I went there, and I kind of got it involved i was an altar boy i've been an altar boy my whole life but at the end of the day i was still just a kid that didn't have that much of a relationship with god and so i really didn't care that much about god at the end of the day so i've been big on sports my whole life and i wanted to use sports football in particular for like my career that's how i wanted to make my money and i remember one day i was playing football practice was over and the coach calls me into his office and he says hey san antonio just want to let you know you have an opportunity here it's a big opportunity can get a scholarship to go to the next level and play college ball all expenses paid and i said you have got to be hitting me this is unreal and this is like this has been my dream and it's kind of been like a prayer too and i'm like god are you answering my my prayers right now and then one day after mass the priest who was also a black priest he's african-american priest which is rare and he came out of the church running after me one day saying hey what do you got going on after you graduate from high school And so I told him about my potential future plans with football and and how I want to be married one day. And I didn't grow up like poor, like Section 8. But it was hard for my mom to make ends meet. She was a single mom with two kids. So I'm telling Father Scott, I'm like, I want a white picket fence. I want flat screen TVs, Cadillac Escalade rims i want a dog in the front yard maybe two dogs in the front yard and i want somebody to take care of the dogs to me that's huge i'm like man yeah that's what i want he said wow that's great pat on the back good job buddy and i'm like yep yeah man that's what i want to do he said have you ever thought about joining the seminary And i said what is the seminary he said, oh, it's a place where, like, men go and they study to be priests. And I look at him with a side eye. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what you up to. I said, listen, listen real close. He's a short man. I'm tall. I'm 6'4". He's like maybe, I don't know, 5'6", or something like that. I said, listen in close. I, don't, I only want to say this one time, all right? No, no, I don't. I don't want to be a priest I don't want to give up women for the rest of my life. I want what I want. And what I want is football, go to the NFL, marry a beautiful woman, have kids, the whole nine yards. And he said, wow, that's okay. Well, how about you pray about it? And I don't pray. Like, I went to youth group, but I only went to youth group for, like, the pizza that they had, hitting on all the girls to work on my game. And then I wanted to play basketball. They had basketball afterwards. And so he said, pray about it. And I said, you know what? I'll sleep on it. So that night I had this crazy dream. I had this crazy dream where I was in this long line of little league football and all these kids had like their gear on, helmets, football in hand, cleats on, shoulder pads, jerseys. Like these kids were ready to go and it was a single file line. And I was in the line and I wasn't little. I was huge. I was 6'4 still. And this line went through like hills and valleys and mountains and it was like a journey almost. And it led up to this massive castle, which reflecting back on it, I think is supposed to symbolize the kingdom of God. But I finally get inside the castle. In the dream, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I must be the coach. Oh, I be. Mean, I'm the owner or like we have a bowl game like. but then I walk inside the castle and everything is kind of like dissipates around me and I see a bishop sitting in the middle of the table and he has priests flanking him on the other side and they tell me to step forward and so I do and they slide me a sheet of paper and they hand me a pen and they're like asking for my signature and at this time I'm thinking a couple of things like hmm They want my autograph, they're smart, they know I'm about to blow up. Or maybe it's like a contract for like a Nike commercial or something like that because I'm a top-notch athlete. And then I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I'm just gonna go ahead and sign it because whatever. And so I sign it, slide it back to them, Take a huge stamp and they stamp it. It was massive. Boom. And they say, congratulations, now you're a priest. And I'm like, yo, give me that back. Let me rip it up. Let me look at the fine print. Y'all cheated me. Like, y'all didn't tell me what I needed to know. Like, what's going on? I'm so angry. I'm so angry. And they give me, like, books and sweaters and Tic Tacs and whatever, like, priests need to, like, thrive in life. And they're like, your locker's down to the left. Have a nice day. And I'm like, what is going on as I'm taking my things with me and walking down to my locker? And I find my locker. I put in the combination, open it up, put my stuff inside, slam it shut. And then I wake up and I say to myself, yeah, right, man. The day I become a priest is the day I become terrible at basketball. And I got the scholarship in football. So why would I even talk about basketball? Like, I don't don't know. But I was so prideful, I probably thought, like, I would never be terrible at, at football. Like, I'm just incredible at that. So the next night, I have another dream. I'm playing basketball. A long story short, I missed every single shot. It was horrible. It was the longest dream of my life, the most miserable dream of my life. And I woke up from that completely distraught, thinking, "Oh no, I'm going to be a priest. My life is over." Before I went to school, I have a hoop in my in my backyard, and I started like shooting around, and I missed every shot, just like my dream. And I'm really like in a downward spiral at this point. I'm like, "Wow." say goodbye to all my girlfriends, adios. I'll see y'all in heaven if y'all make it. And so I catch the bus sad go to school sad distracted all day but i'm an athlete at heart and so i have this like i'm not giving up mentality and so at lunch if you want to you can like go outside you can eat outside play around you can play basketball and so i took a basketball started shooting around and started making all my shots again and i said oh thank god i knew i wasn't gonna be no stupid dumb priest but then i thought about it a little bit more and i said wait a minute maybe god has something to do with this because i've never remembered my dream before i've never had dreams back to back like that my dreams have never played upon each other in the conscious and in the subconscious my life is just like intertwining too much and like i just don't see how god isn't involved in any of this i've tried praying about it but like i told you i didn't really have a prayer life i didn't have the tools to learn how to discern and so after like three weeks of that i went to the priest who got me in this trouble to begin with and so i said yo what do you do like what's your job because i figure i want to know like if this is something that god wants me to do like i need to learn about a little bit so he's like explaining his job to me and everything he said santonio you gotta understand i'm able to witness a miracle not just every sunday but every single day regular bread Regular wine turns into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I'm like, wait a minute. So that's real? He's like, yeah. What did they teach you in CCD? I said, they taught us that Jesus loves us and that He died for us. And so he was like, no, buddy, this stuff is real. This is not a joke. You think I would be celibate if this it wasn't real? Like, you gotta understand. And I said, oh, I think I am understanding now. I said, all right, well let me let me pray about it. And so one day I remember I was inside I was in my room, I was holding this crucifix. And I said, Man, I just don't get it. How is it possible for one man to die just so I can have life? And so I always started with like a physical thing. And so I said, Man, how is it possible for this one man to die just so I can have life? And I said, You know what? I don't get it at all. But I've never heard anybody ever refute it, ever. If this really is true, if Jesus, this God-man, really did die for me to live, then that's really awesome and that's really unselfish for him to do something like that for me. So since... He has died for me to give me a shot at life. I might as well give him the first shot at my life to see what he wants me to do. And so that's when I decided to enter the seminary, actually. And I was there for a total of four years. Very bumpy road. Not smooth sailing. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. I was the only black person there. And that was difficult in itself because I was coming from a very gospel church. In a seminary, and everything is Latin. And I'm like, yeah. This is a different place man. I don't know how how I'm gonna do here, but it was a very very rocky yet beautiful and Sacrificial in a lot of ways experience in my life and I will never ever trade it in for anything else in the world i ended up not being a priest my fourth year i heard god saying hey you've done a great job and i know you actually want to be a priest now like after all those years of like fighting and wrestling and molding your heart to be more like clay and less rocky and now you finally giving me your yes thank you for that now it's time to go and i'm like god you are something else, man. I was a teacher for a year. I taught theology a year at an all-black Catholic school. I didn't really want to be an NFL player or like pursue football anymore or anything like that. I really just wanted to serve God as much as I could because I had fallen in love with him so much while I was in the seminary. I said, I need to get out of this field and become like a missionary. And so I was a missionary for three years with Focus. And that was a lot of fun. That was a great time of my life. But now I actually work for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and I do urban outreach. really big for me because my freshman year in college, I was in a seminary. I remember the spiritual director. And the one good piece of advice that I remember from this man was, guys, entrust your vocation to Mary. She will see it through. And so I heard him say that. I still didn't know how to pray at that point. So I'm like, all right, Mary, do what you do. I entrust my vocation to you. And I kind of forgot about it, actually until my senior year when I was trying to discern whether or not God was calling me to stay in a seminary or to discern out. And I did Louis my first total consecration to Jesus through Mary. And so I prayed that and my feast day was on December 8th, Immaculate Conception, woo woo through that total consecration the holy trinity made it very clear for me at that moment that god actually is calling me to leave the seminary but before i made that prayer before i started that total consecration i said mary i pray that you can just lead me through this entire process and then i remember i said oh wait a minute i entrusted my vocation to you as a freshman i'm gonna just make that same prayer again mary do what you do please you, my mom, she made it very known to me through the signs of peace. Every time I prayed about moving forward in the seminary, I had a lot of animosity in my prayer. And every time I prayed about leaving the seminary, I had a lot of peace and pursuing a different location. I had a lot of peace. And that was, that was heartbreaking because I had fallen in love with being a priest at that point. And I'm like, God, what are you doing, man? Like, what is this life? From that point, Mary kept being there for me. We were like other people. I think I met like seven or eight women. Their name was Mary or they had like a variation of a Marian name and these women has led me I think from seminary to where I'm at now. Eucharistic adoration but then that silence I would read these gospels and I would reflect on them and that's how I would really come to know the person of Jesus Christ well and be able to when it came to like discerning bigger decisions I was able to reflect on certain gospel reflections or like being able to like entrust like certain things to the Holy Spirit and just learning from prayer a lot actually. It's more of an experienced thing rather than like an academic thing. Prayer and discernment it takes a lot of experience in doing and wrestle because God talks to everybody completely differently. And i will write poems too actually i used to rap when i was in high school secular rap and then i converted that into like poetry when i got into the seminary so that was the, another way i really grew closer to god and jesus and, and just giving him all my crap but also like giving them everything that i love And saint moses the black he's actually a, a saint he's like my man i don't know if you know much about his story at all he was a crazy dude he was like the leader of a gang he just shows like the transition because he went from that to like being a monk it was all because he like ran away from the police he was like afraid he had like a true conversion once he was in there and i'm like wow same is a black i asked for your intercession as well like i need you in you have had much more extreme life circumstances that i have but i feel like we are at some point like crossing similar wavelengths here in life i just pray for your intercession and like allow me to desire holiness the same way that you did he's one of my intercessors one of my guys that i go to he's a good dude So, I'm, I'm from Southern Maryland, where like certain parts of Southern Maryland are still very much racist. But like the part where I'm from is very integrated. And we have like Asians and Hispanics and Africans and African Americans and obviously white people, Pacific Islanders, I don't want to count them out. And so we just have like a, it's a very much so like a melting pot. But like in Philly, where I live now, and actually in this neighborhood that I'm living in now, the church right down the street from me, I just wanted to like pop in and just like pray. And so I wanted to step in and pray. And so I knock on the door and I've been there a few times already for like mass and I would stay after mass just to pray. So I knock on the door and I remember the, the receptionist lady answers the door and she's like, hi, how can I help you? And she like keeps the door kind of like barely cracks it open. And I said, hey, I would just like to come in and pray. Is that okay? And she said, well, let me ask father because you might scare somebody in here. I might like, scare somebody in here. I was so upset. I think I just walked away. I don't need this. But then I walk back and I say, you know what? They need to see more of me. They need to see that I'm not a threat and they need to see that I'm a regular person and that I'm not here to like fight anybody. <laughs> I might be here to wrestle God if anything, but he's the only person that I might fight. But otherwise I'm like, I'm just a regular person. I'm here to spread peace, joy, and love. As a black Catholic amongst other white people, it all depends on what it is. Like my position in a church is a, I guess a a higher up position because I work for an archdiocese. And so that title alone just allows me to kind of be, not necessarily like in a position of power, but it, it has weight to it. And so when I say things, and especially not just working for archdiocese, but working in for urban ministry, Urban culture, anything I say is like, okay, we hear you. This is good. So nothing really gets negated. In essence, but I would imagine if I didn't do urban outreach and if I was just like, just a new evangelization guy or the mailman guy or something like that, then I might face a lot more opposition. But because I think the state of the church right now is seeking for that diversity and they want it so desperately. And the fact that I am a black Catholic and I have ideas and there's things that I want to do and such and such, I'm able to garner a lot of support. Getting a lot of support from that. They're recognizing that like, oh, urban people are also humans. They who need the same Jesus that those suburban people need. One of the ways that I would like to do that actually, like one of the gifts that I think that I do have, I express a little bit about poetry and how I used to rap in high school black people in america we are trendsetters we are popular and with my time with focus i've traveled around the world just a little bit and i've noticed that every country that i go to they all know all the american rappers they all know the dances they all know the lingo they all know the clothing and everything and they emulate american pop culture over here in america because we are just trendsetters in general when it comes to all that stuff knowing that rap is pop music has been the number one genre since like 1998 i have decided to like venture on in that realm and i want to not necessarily be like a christian rapper because when you hear christian rap everybody's nose turns up it's kind of like the same thing like when you invite like hey you want to go to church even when somebody asked me that right now, like, hey, you want to go to church? I'm like, uh, you want to play 2K? Let's go to Popeye's, get one of them spicy chicken sandwiches I heard that's so good. Let's, let's go do that instead. I guess something that I want to be to rap is like what C.S. Lewis was for Chronicles of Narnia. The way that he interwoven those themes, those Christian themes, so very poetically, that's what I want to do for rap. I don't necessarily want to be in there like preachy, preachy, but I do want to have a, a message to say in every song, whether it be like something that's wise or some sort of like little bit of advice or just like a real situation I've experienced in my life, how like I'll sometimes rely on God. So I wanna not in a sense reject the world, in my raps, but I just want to proclaim other good things in my raps. It's like an evangelization tool. Me being a focused missionary, I noticed you get these people that get on literally a soapbox. This is not a joke. There are soapbox preachers that have megaphones and they have like these big speakers. They'll just be go around proclaiming, you're going to hell. I'm like, whoa, you really think you're helping people? Do you really think that these people are going to hear that and be like, wow, I need to change my ways. You're attacking them. Jesus is best friend were a prostitute tax collectors random fishermen just the rejects they were like possessed people who didn't become possessed were like leopards and thieves the dude on a cross at the very end of his life after everybody turned their back on jesus this thief was like hey yo can you remember me when you go to your kingdom he was like absolutely man I still got you like i still love everybody so much all these people who do things that are so counter god in a sense i still love them so much and that's what i want to do with my music as well i want these messages to kind of be like poured out i want to be the c.s lewis to rap